And hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly. This is Adventures Mubu, and welcome to Carlingford. This is a beach. Some of you will not recognize it as a beach because it's mostly stone. In fact, it's nearly all stone, but it's Carlingford Beach. And uh, Carlingford is a town that's on the northeast of Ireland, a coastal town, known for its stag nights, hen parties, festivals, kind of a, its B&Bs, I suppose, some really nice food, some decent pints. Um, uh, it's just uh, below the border between Ireland and Northern Ireland. It's quite nice, just beside Omeet, north of Dundalk. There's your location sorted. So this is the question and answer video for the month. Well, it's actually going to be part one of two because there's a couple of questions that I'm going to throw together and make an entire video out of because I feel it needs a longer answer and to kind of do it within kind of shorter, snappier answers of a question and answer video, I uh, just wouldn't do it justice. I would break up the momentum of the other thing. So, hope that makes sense. So watch out for the other video, uh, Mark, Abraxas, and Max, because it's around that, uh, your questions. Um, if you want to ask me questions, every month on Patreon you get a chance to send in a question, and if there isn't enough questions on Patreon, because, and there usually isn't, because I'm obviously satisfying the needs of my patrons that they don't feel the need to ask me questions. I'm, I'm giving enough information about what I think <laughs> over there. But uh, then I open it up to uh, Discord as well, so uh, every month we do this. So let's get into these. First question. Dylan, what's something you want to accomplish in the upcoming year? couple of goals for this year. I want to finish the deck I'm doing with Duncan Barford, which is um, a 26-card deck around in the, the Buddhist idea of Nidanas. Um, here's the book mostly written. I think he's rewriting it at the minute. And we have a number of the cards done, like five or six. I'm hoping to get that finished. The plan is to get that finished within the first half of the year and released. That's definitely one of the big goals. The other big goal is to have a print version of Turbine Syndrome out this year, which may or may not happen, depending. I'm not going to rush into whatever, but it looks like it'll be on target. Currently, I think the next chapter is very far along. I've all the hard work done, all the prep work's done, all the layouts done, all the pencils are done, all, a lot of the inking's done. I just have to sit down and finish drawing it and then lettering it. It'll be out. And I think then there's a couple more chapters there and then I'll have enough to uh, release a print book. Happy days. Next month is going to be all going to plan. Again, the Grimoire of the Forty Servants, the second edition. I just have the final corrections to make in that. It has come back from the proofreaders and the editorial staff. <laughs> uh, Thank you very much, Robbie and Michael. Um, and yeah, just have to put that together. I wanted to take a break uh, and do some other stuff before um, I got headlong into that um, around Christmas. And I also want to do some more music. And I'm sure there'll be something else that'll do. Um, Safira, how do I get my magic to work? A silly question, not a silly question. But should I be content in asking a servitor or making a request from an Enochian angel or lighting a candle to a deity? Should I be content? If it's working for you, then be content. But clearly by your question, it's not working for you. It seems others are able to say a spell and have great results. Maybe it's focus or will. Please give us your advice. First thing, stop listening to other people because most people are lying. Outright lying or exaggerating or claiming things that are not what they're actually getting. As Nick Dutch says on his uh, channel at one stage, people talk shit. And it's, it's so true. And I remember at one point when I was at a stage like yourself where my magic wasn't working or it was, it was even worse, it was getting the opposite of what I wanted um, I felt like there was all this party I was outside this building and inside there was all these people having wonderful experiences of magic and I was at the window kind of looking and going oh why doesn't my magic work and then a kind of cursory look or a more in-depth look at uh, these people and their lives were uh, equal if not worse than my life so uh, I kind of felt, well, I'm, I'm, not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to put as much credence into their kind of claims as I once was. 
once would have. That aside, what I find when my magic doesn't work or when my life isn't working, which is probably a better way of explaining it, um, it's usually, usually, it's always something within me that I have to look at. It's some sort of limiting belief, it's some sort of role playing out, it's some sort of shadow work that I have to deal with. For an example, if you're looking to do love magic, if you're looking for a partner or someone to love you, and you feel on a deep level that you're unlovable, that you're unworthy, that maybe you're disgusting physically, that you've, who could love me, then it's highly unlikely, very unlikely, that you would attract someone through magic to love you. And if you did, it probably wouldn't work out too well because you've all of these other kind of factors that are going on at the same time. Same with wealth. If you fundamentally feel that you are, say, lazy, selfish, that money is evil, that it's hard work to get, that you don't deserve it, then it's highly unlikely that doing a sigil is going to uh, in any way affect that. Um, one of the first things people try to do is try to win the lottery with stuff. And it's so unlikely that you're going to win the lottery. Um, you know, if you could chunk it down into smaller things, can I able to have enough money to eat today? You know, rather than trying to do the big grand thing that are, you know, become the king of the moon, as Grant Morrison says. So uh, yeah, it's, which leads to kind of the thing: is the thing you're looking for actually obtainable? I know people say, what's the point of magic if you can't get the things you want? But clearly, we can't all get the things we want because if magic worked that way, we would have all the things we want, and we clearly don't. And so it's, that that doesn't seem to be what it is. Um, so are the things you're looking for actual possible to have? Like, are you looking to be king of the moon? Or is the goal so far away from you are right now? Are you looking to get, like, I want a PhD when you haven't even, um, you know, done basic school or whatever? That's a crap example. Are you looking to have a million dollars when you don't, don't even have five dollars to your name? Start with getting five dollars and then chunk it up, chunk it up to the bigger thing so it's not such a leap to the grand thing, you know, they have it all, you've it all worked out in a kind of a, a smaller, you know, smaller points. But I would look mostly towards the limiting beliefs, the shadow work, that kind of stuff. My experience, that's what an awful lot of it was. That's what most of it was. Sephirion. Um, anything you say, ask anything. Uh, of all the things you've tried, what do you most want to do next? I don't, no real burning passion to do anything more at the moment, anyway, I've all of the things that I kind of wanted to do, um, any kind of ambitions I had or anything from childhood or, you know, growing up that I wanted to do, I've kind of achieved or at least I'm walking towards, and like say, doing the comics, writing the books, doing the music, doing, you know, recording albums, you know, certain websites, doing organizations, like I, I was the Irish Comic News, I set up and ran that for an awful lot, uh, number of years. Um, you know, the adventures and woo-woo, the vlogs, the podcasts, the, the all the whatever it is that I do, the building up the communities, the, uh, all of that. I've kind of, there's no kind of yearning or there's no something that there was something, oh, I want to do this with my life that I haven't at least touched on. So there's nothing kind of new that I, in that sense I want. I have to take a break, man. I'd love to be able to, I just don't have the brain that allows us though, sadly. Um, Wilfian, is that? even approximate to what, how your name is pronounced. So, what do you think the phenomenon is? And how do you think it communicates with us? Any examples? And then I ask, what do you mean by the phenomenon? Um, because my understanding of when people say the phenomenon, they're usually talking about like uh, UFOs. But I think that, I wasn't sure. And Willifon said, I mean, the thing behind synchronicities, when it seems to be working something through you, as in Helio, could include UFOs and other phenomena, not just in your personal fate or destiny. 
Um, I don't know. Is it, like, I'm not going to pretend I do know, but I could, I'll hazard some guesses for the sake of a, a, answering the, the, the question. Um, I would say it's the expansive principle, the creative principle, that thing Shakti in, in Tantra, in that you have Shiva, which is the God, uh, unmanifested. Shakti is the manifesting, the creative force, the impulse, the expansion, the going out, the evolution, that kind of thing. So it's that push towards that. It's one kind of thing that it could be. Uh, another thing it could be is that kind of idea of the idea space where you're bringing one thing from there to here, from this, from spirit to matter. It's getting a bit windy, I hope it's not going to uh, affect the sound too much. But uh, so it could be an acknowledgement that something coming through. In the way that I've talked about creativity before, that it seems more like a channeling experience, not in the new age type channeling thing, but an allowance, a descending of an idea into you and you trying in some sense to find Michelangelo or find David within the stone rather than carving David from the stone. It's that kind of a thing. Of course, Carl Jung, who came up with synchronicity, is the whole idea in a, in a I, I suppose, ungenerously calling it a pseudoscience thing, but it's not actually provable, but a, a direct experience it could be. Um, it's a meaningful coincidence. It's something that has meaning, and there's no possible way that the two occurrences, two or three or whatever in the meant that the synchronicity is happening, could, in a causal relationship, happen. Um, so it has to work in some sort of a causal, yet causal, um, way of means. By that, I suppose you get, it could be working on some sort of, in the way that we have the subconscious uh, in ourselves, we have, there is a subconscious kind of element, or the collective unconscious, to the entire thing, or it's happening in awareness. The other kind of thing, because is it the nod and the wink from the universe that you're on the right track that is kind of propelling you along? And then ultimately, I suppose you have to kind of look at it as of <coughs> whose life is this? You know, how have you free will? Is there fate? Is there destiny? And is it just something if there's a com compulsion, which I find in an awful lot of my life, I don't have an awful lot of say in it. And not in the kind of people are telling me what to do, although that does happen. But in that, like say with art and creativity and music and the way I do things, it's a compulsion that I can't not act on. So there seems to be some sort of energetic element to that as well that could be part of the phenomenon. Or <laughs> it's like the Patrick Harper stuff of this is the way that the other manifests to us currently in regards to say UFOs or Pan turning up in Hellier or not turning up as the case may be in Hellier um, or the synchronicities you, you have or the same things that people would have called fairies years ago or would have called whatever. Um, so yeah, any amount of things. Imprints on the astral plane, gods, Christ principle, um, you know, consciousness itself, being aware of itself, showing itself. A glimpse of God. Uh, funky pumpkin. In your studies and practices, did you gain any kind of insight you weren't expecting? For example, most people probably came into magic expecting to gain some insight into the working of the universe, or perhaps some kind of interconnectedness, that kind of stuff. Have you learned or experienced something completely out of left field, so to speak? <sighs> well, I certainly have experienced things that are completely out of le uh, left field. Uh, and a star exploding in the night is the most amazing thing I've ever seen happened just for me, just for me to see, well I assume just for me, there's no one else around, although if anyone was looking at the sky at that time, they certainly couldn't have missed it. It was the most amazing, bright thing I've ever seen. Um, with a, like a knowing nod to 
But and then immediately it kind of came back into it that I couldn't have seen that. You know, that was kind of the normalisation that happens. I had, of course, God showing up there not so long ago to me when I was uh, <laughs> singing on my own, having a few beers. Which can, it's on the podcast. Um, well, past the podcast, it's the episode is called When God Show Up. Uh, which is an interesting experience, but like, I mean, uh, did God show up? Is it a part of my brain? Is it uh, just an answer to myself? Is it awareness? Is it any of these things? I think it's, the, the advice I got from it was extremely helpful. So no matter what it was, that was uh, a brilliant experience. No matter what, what, what you want to look at it. Um, of course, it's not going to convince any, anyone else of it, but uh, you know, I'm not that interested or at all interested in convincing anyone else of my experiences. don't think that's how it's worked. There's no convincing or converting people to something like this. I suppose the most left field or the most kind of out there sensation or feeling or insight or awareness or something that I've had is the direction of how this goes. And we're always told from the very beginning, oh, to, you know, it's within, look within and you will find all of these things. You can't go, right, grand, yeah. There's always this kind of feeling that the answer is out there, it's over there somewhere, <laughs> or that you have to kind of expand, there's a growth and, you know, awareness to learn, it's somewhere over there, and it's kind of that direction, you know, that you have to work towards it, that it, you have to discover it, you have to um, find it somewhere where it, that isn't here, you know, that you have to go to the distant country, in order, or you have to transversed something in order to find the thing. And what I found, of course, is that you start with the thing and you spend your entire life pretending you don't have the thing and then you eventually realise that you had the thing in the first place. Now, that's an old story too. It's, it's like, it's the, essentially, it's, spoiler, it's the plot of The Alchemist um, that the treasure was there all along within you. And we know this, and it but still came as a surprise when I realised that, that, that the insights, the greatest insights I've had are that uh, realisation that I've already knew the answer to this, always, from the very beginning, but had listened too much to the world, to my family, to my friends, to society, to community, to my schooling, to my programme, and all of these things telling me that wasn't the case. And me knowing it was the case, but believing them because I had externalised truth, I had externalised, I had given truth to authority rather than to my own thing. So the directionality was always looking to authority or out there for someone or something or something to, to show me the truth when it's a realization, as cliche as, as this sounds, that the truth was in you all along. With uh, the thing in that is that that's not to say believe your own bullshit because in, in learning to the glimpse of the truth that I, I have somewhat been privileged to grace to have uh, involved stripping away an awful lot of my bullshit to understand what wasn't bullshit and what was an inherent, already thing that's already there, rather than, and it feels like a stripping away. It's like, how do you know you're not just deluding yourself again with these insights? It's because it feels the opposite direction than what a delusion is, because I've done, I know both. I've had experiences of sorting out trauma, of you know, going through roles or shadows or complexes or whatever word you want to use for these things, um, culpas, some scars, and I know what that feels to remove that, and I know what that feels like to have that, and whereas a kind of any kind of insight is the opposite of that. So it's how do you know you're not deluding yourself to anything? It's because it's literally the opposite of a delusion. It's an uncovery of a truth that you already knew, and you had been deluding yourself about.
best I can do for you today. Max, have you ever been a member of a magical working group, Calvin Temple Lodge? If so, uh, what did you gain from the experience? If not, why not? Um, I was once a member of Dragon Rouge, or Rouge, the red dragon, which is a Swedish kind of left-hand pass. Is it Swedish? It is, yeah. Um, um, and I did the first level of that, and it was really, really badly run, terribly run, in that the, uh, I had paid my money, and it involved me having to um, open a dispute with PayPal in order for them to answer my emails at all and send me the course materials. And then when I did get the course materials, and I started doing the work, there was like a private forum that you had to put your homework on. People on Facebook who were also on it started talking publicly about the stuff that I had been talking about on the forum, which I didn't like at all. It also happened with a, uh, uh, on a different thing at the time, and that really annoyed me. Because at the time I wasn't as fully committed to being as open about the thing as possibly. I wanted to be able to explore these things in private without it being on Facebook, without my family knowing about it, without people, that kind of thing. Um, while I was, you know, ostensibly fairly public, there was still kind of things that I was working through. That happened with Dragon Road. It happened a wee bit with Wiser as well back in the day that uh, some things I asked on Wiser in that kind of closed form ended up people sending me private messages on Facebook about it. A questions that I had asked Alan people started and I, I found that the whole thing very icky and I didn't like it. I, I probably wouldn't care so much now because, now because I just kind of assume anything you put on the internet everyone in the world can see but at the time I was kind of looking for a, a closed thing where I could have these ideas or this discussion in a safe space for want of a better thing. Um, then when I go back to Dragon Rouge, Rouge stuff that Rogue, I can never pronounce it, the Red Dragon. Um, when I did finally do my homework, my final thing for the first uh, grade, um, they never replied to me, ever. Um, any of my emails. And so uh, I just give it up as a, as, a bad, as a bad deal. He seems to have opened it a bit more again now, but I don't know if the, the kind of, is it any better? Is the communication any better? Thomas Carlson, the, uh, his group. Anyway, ultimately wasn't for me anyway. I'm not a left-hand person. Um, I also was a member of BOTA for, a year maybe um, and something that that, that was kind of I started joining a couple of communities of the people uh, around that because if you know it's the, if you want to know about tarot um, Paul Foster case is the man to go to as far as I'm concerned in that kind of traditional tarot type golden dawny type lineage of tarot um, and I when I joined this group I seen that the people who had started just started around the same time as me the new people were much more in a sense humble or nicer people than the people who had done the whole 15 years of the course, who in vast majority of them were assholes, were very opinionated, very egotistical, very kind of pushy and um, demanding to be true and just knobs. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word that you have uh, over there. And it was just kind of going, what's the point of doing this? When it, the people who were starting off seem much more sincere um, and the people who've gone through all of this, the, the entire course, and you would hope that by the end of it, that they, you know, you'd become a better person. This was the final, the, the kind of first experience of realizing that spiritual advancements in no way makes you a better person. And in a lot of ways makes people an awful lot worse because it amplifies their roles, it amplifies their self-importance, it amplifies their grandiosity. And so if you're any kind of an arsehole, you become a big arsehole. Uh, going through the spiritual stuff because you have a kind of a, an ammunition of a backup of 
an education behind you or, you know, a kind of a, well, I've done the entire 15 years of BOTA, so I know what I'm talking about, little man. So yeah, I said, thanks very much, but no thanks. Keep it. I don't want to be that person having spent 15 years. I've recently joined the Arcane School and my work starts next month on the first of the month. The Arcane School is the uh, Alice Bailey. She came from Theosophy. That's the Lucis Trust. Um, and the reason why I joined that, apart from that I have a very a returning kind of interest in Theosophy, um, is that I, it was the first thing, I, first lodge, first school that I joined and I was 19, 20, something like that at the time. I actually got rejected the very first time I applied for it. And I went, no. Uh, and I went, okay. Uh, and then I kind of, back when you just had to write to people and I was just writing them and explaining to them, well, I want to know, uh, I understand that I don't know the, the things as well as I should know, but I want to learn these things. So is there a way that you can um, help me? And it's the right, we'll come in and we talk. And then I didn't do the work. So they were totally right. So there's kind of, I wanted, there's a full circle. There seems like there's an unanswered or an un incomplete part of that, that I want to finish, answer and do the work of it, of at least the first set um, to some way complete that arc. Um, and besides reading through, really absorbing the Alice Bailey stuff and Theosophy at the minute and finding an awful lot of stuff in it now that I didn't at the time. I just clearly didn't understand it, couldn't understand it. To the point now that even some of the stuff seems over simple now compared to, it just felt out of my grasp entirely, particularly the way it's written. But when you get used to reading like a cult babble, you, you kind of you get into the groove of it. So um, yeah, no, no in-person. No, well, I hung around with some druids for a while as well in Ireland here and we did some stuff, but I was never a member, so that doesn't really count. But they had definitely had a lodge, a grove. Um, and CMG, that's, 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 I was definitely a member of that. So, um, okay. And Anna's Descent, do you still work with Pan and can you talk about what led you to that and if you don't anymore what led you away from that and what does pan mean to you an archetype or god i actually talked about this a number of times and it's a thing people seem really interested in with regard to pan i'm assuming it's coming out of helio but perhaps not um i think i even talked about it in the previous questions and answer although i know i talked about it recently in one of the videos pan came to me or i came looking for pan probably a better example or better way of saying it when we were in the total lockdown the very first lockdown where we weren't allowed to leave essentially leave the house and you know or you'd get arrested or fined and you couldn't go within five kilometers of your house even for even for essential stuff that was it and i wasn't able to get to a forest or be in touch with nature or anything i was just literally in my office in the house or supermarket that was my life for whatever that was six months or something i can't really remember it's all it's all a kind of blur but a long long time ireland was the most locked down country i'm pretty sure it was at one point that maybe someone has locked down more because we've come out of it um, but we were very, very strictly locked down for, a, for most of, of the last two years. And so there's this kind of need for me to want to get in touch with nature, because up until then I had really kind of had this kind of want to get back to, to a more kind of earth-based element <laughs> to my magic that I had to feel I was missing. It was something I had, you know, because I had bought into that whole, the world is an illusion, it's unimportant, blah, blah, blah. Don't pay too, too much attention to the tree behind the curtain uh, because it's not real. And then realizing it is real, it's more real, that this is more divine. It's as divine as divine get. It's a full uh, uh, emanation of the divine, not something to, uh, that's something that's wrong or something that's not real or something. This is it. This is the, as real as it gets. It is the real, real. And so I was trying to touch in with that. And so Pan being the kind of, representation of that 
was something that I kind of gravitated towards and was became interested in. I had, of course, um, seen Hallier at that point. But I mean, I knew Pan before then. Um, so it's, it's not as if I, uh, um, you know, it's not as if I, from Hellier that I took it, but it must have been an influence. So anyway, then working with Pan, when he arrived, and I, I got a kind of a statue, and he's on my altar, and every day he gets an offering still, so I still work with him in that way, but I don't really do an awful lot of what practically magic in the way I used to. So when people say, do you work with Pan? I, not in the way that question is normally posed, no, I don't. But he's there, he's on my altar, he's an, an aspect. Immediately when he came into my life, and I was expecting the the earth stuff, you know, the everything with that, it wasn't the music element of Pan. That, and it immediately got me back into music and that whole drive of wanting to create music and reclaiming being a musician and all that came directly from that. So within that, I absolutely, that was the great effect. So yeah, good guy. Do I see him as a god? Do I see him as an archetype? Depends. Um, I don't know, it depends on the day. All of these things. Chariot. How do you feel about angels? I'm not giving a blunt answer. I don't care either way. Uh, they're not interested in me. I'm not really particularly interested in them. I'm not drawn to them. Don't uh, feel the need to hang out with them. Not in a bad way. Not in a kind of, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like those types. <laughs> just, I don't know. Just uh, not something that... You know, some things you're just drawn to, you know, or you just kind of, they seem interesting to you, or something, there's some kind of pull, some kind of, not, I don't get that at all with angels, at least not now. Open, open to visitations at all times. Emilial, sorry again, I'm sure that's not how your name is pronounced. What are your thoughts on egregores and their presence in the global media society? Let me just check the battery, we're okay. Um, Egregores, for people who don't know, is a thing that is almost like a god, and can be a god, or can be considered a god, that is made by group thought, group effort, group participation, group focus. Whereas, say, a servitor is usually, by all accounts, created by one person, for, you know, and a singular. An egregore is created by a group of people. An egregore could be, obviously in a religious sense, you could create a kind of, um, I think, the, is it the Saturnian Temple? I don't know what they're called. The, that's the term. They definitely work with aggregors and made their own aggregor. Um, but it's, it's like you could have an aggregor as... A celebrity is a type of aggregor, right? In that it, 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 we've elevated this person through group worship, through telling them they were more than human by all of this kind of thing. That to the point that they've become somewhat a uh, godlike status or in some way have become a deity or have that kind of thing. Falsely, clearly, because these aren't the people that when they go home at night aren't, aren't what we think they are. Um, but I think we buy into that. So I think it's if in, so that's a kind of a group effort to make an aggregate. Of course, an aggregate can be something completely... I heard a voice behind me though. Um, I often wonder when I watch these videos, what if I see people walking behind me or strange things? freaking me out a bit now. Maybe today is the day I get visited by an angel chariot. Um, we also have it obviously, come back to that, if you have it in politics and you have it in, you know, the general consensus of, you know, what is seen as righteous at the minute or what is allowable or what is good and what is true. You know, what is truth? Whoever thought truth would be so much in question. But I mean, what is true? What is real? Um, 
I don't think they're any more prevalent today than they are any other time, other than the, our kind of a, uh, consumption of these things is probably higher because we have the access to it more than we would. Like 5,000 years ago, you wouldn't have access to what's going on on the other side of the world instantly the way we have. But um, I feel there's something you're asking me there that we could probably talk about because I'm not, I think you have something that you want to talk about uh, specifically, maybe. So uh, bring it up in the, in the Discord. Um, yeah, but definitely they're, they're, they're an issue. I don't think they're a new issue, though. Because, I mean, you would have had it like the, the Roman kind of, um, like Caesars or, you know, the monarch, the monarchy in different countries and all of what, what are, in a sense, you give, you don't, the monarch, a king only has power because you give it to them. Teacher only has power because of the students give it to them. We kind of forget that. To a point, I mean, after a while, they have the army and then come and get it, not the teacher, the, the king. Jason. What four or five of the 47s, angels or other spirits, would you want locked in a Saturday detention with you so that you can learn about them and yourself? Like a breakfast club, a spiritual breakfast club. Um, I really wanted to go for it. I would pick the devil, which is the uh, looking at your self-limitation, the things you think about yourself, the truths, the falsehoods, the ego, the biases, the hubris, um, the lack of comfort, all of these kind of things that are coming from you, that are not coming from other people, it's not opposition from outside. But of course, where did these all originate from? You know, you can bring them in, which I possibly did, but more likely they originated somewhere else. But anyway, that's a different conversation. Then obviously I'd go with the master, not obviously, then I would go with the master to see what has to be achieved. What, have, you know, what is the possibilities that I can go, what, who is the actual me on the best day spiritually? Not me, Tommy Kelly, me, whatever, is currently Tommy Kelly, but it has been other things, if we believe that. So the limiting stuff that's holding me back, things I have to work on, the shadows, the roles, the complexes, the samskaras, the culpas, the shittiness, the assholicness stuff from the devil. Have a good chat with him. See what's possible from the master, where ascension leads to what is the good, the true, the beauty, the wisdom, the possibilities the potentialities. And then we'd have, in the middle, we'd have the road opener, or Ganesha, which, being that he's in his form of Ganesha, is the person who removes obstacles, so that would help with the devil stuff. He was also the person who put the obstacles there in the first place in order for you to learn or to be able to see and walk past them. Um, so from both angles, then that would lead, you would say, that leading from the devil to the master through the road opener. It's only three, and we need three of the good ones, Jason. Castellors. I said something in Discord along the lines of, not along the uh, to the exact of, also we have a notion that we need to be serious to do effective magic, which is, in my opinion, not the case. Speaking of this, which is the question from Castellors, sorry, just names in me, I can't do it. Speaking of this, and the next Ask Me Anything, which is this. You recently reposted the Phil Hines post about chaos magic, missing the meaning of a decades prolonged observant practice. What are your thoughts on this? Well, the Phil Hines post was more about him talking about his mind changing, about what he felt chaos magic was at the time, then kind of going into missing the point. Um, I think my thoughts on this around that is I'm not sure I could even call myself a chaos magician anymore. I don't feel that, not that I ever felt I was totally comfortable with it anyway. It seemed like a good kind of, 
okay, that's something that is an easy kind of explanation that it can kind of, it'll do as a placeholder or something, but never fully com comfortable with it either. Um, because chaos magic means so many different things to different people. And then for some people, belief is the kind of, the important thing. Belief is a tool. Belief is why magic works. I'm sorry, I'm turning this kind of way because the wind is coming and I'm trying to not affect the mic, um, rather than being dramatic. <laughs> um, which a lot of people don't consider that at all, uh, even a, a part of it, you know, it's, or any of these things like belief shifting or whatever. And chaos magic seems to turn into an awful lot of things. And this comes a, a fair amount from Gordon White. Not to blame him, he's every right to do this if he wants to, and everyone has every right to do it. But an awful lot of stuff that's taken out of chaos magic seems to be put back in now, in that getting to the essential thing of what is the reason these things happen, or what is a spirit, what a thing, is now turned kind of back to, a, you know, actual things, to saints, to the spirits as spirits, not as ideas, to, you know, saints, to working them, a lot of Catholicism has been brought back in, or Christianity or whatever, and I mean, myself in the 47s, of course, the master, I mean, it's hard to see that there isn't a Christian influence on in that, well, not necessarily has to be, but of course it seems there is. Uh, and I just kind of, I don't really align anymore with chaos magic. And I don't believe uh, the belief is the agency of magic. That's a bad kind of way of saying, I don't believe that belief is the reason why magic works or anything works. Uh, I think it's a bit too low of attraction, Ian. It's not, I think it's more complicated than that. I think there's way more going on than just if I believe something that it's, uh, changing the universe. It can, but I, I don't, it's not always the case. Ideas are the only thing that change the world. But where does an idea come from? Is it coming from you? Is it coming from idea space, whatever? Um, I also kind of don't believe in the sense, I suppose, that gods are just handy things to uh, kind of focus your intention on in the way that case magic would kind of suggest that they're not real, but that, you know, Spock is every bit as good as, Who's an equivalent of Spock? I don't know offhand, but like I say, Superman is the exact same as Apollo, and you can go and talk to Superman as much as you can talk to Apollo. I don't think that's true. I think Apollo is much more, maybe because he's older, but I, I just, I think there's something to Apollo, to a reality of it, or Helios, or the Solar Logos, or whoever, more than just as a handy kind of way of looking at a particular energy. But I think it's also that. I don't know. I just, I, I just. So it's kind of off your question, the kind of thing. Let me read your question again. So I'm actually answering your question rather than talking about my life and questions you didn't really answer, ask me. Case magic, missing the meaning of a decades prolonged preservant practice. Uh, I don't know. Is it missing the meaning? If the thing of the whole ethos of chaos magic was finding what that which works, results-based magic, finding the thing that works, then how is any of it missing the point if it's actually working for you? He also says in that, in that thing, he says that, that if, you know, disagreeing with him or whatever, if it works for you, then, you know, more power to you or some sort of, not those words, but like, have we missed the point of chaos magic? I don't know. I think... Depends on which chaos magician you ask and what the, they thought chaos magic was. But it certainly changed, it's not what it was. And is that a bad thing? 
it's becoming full circle where at the beginning it was to the removal of all the dross, of all the unneeded pomp and ceremony of the occult. And now what's happened in Chaos Magic Circus is the return to pomp and ceremony and actuality of God, spirits, the divine, releasing the whole thing of psychology being the, you know, it's all psychology or it's all belief shifting, it's all these kind of things. And is the kind of arc of Chaos Magic realizing that what is the kind of thing that makes magic work is sometimes the pomp and ceremony or the extended rituals or these type of things. I don't know. I don't think, I, I think the reason why I started by saying I can't call myself a Chaos Magician or I don't feel like I call myself a Chaos Magician anymore is to kind of say I'm not the person to ask on that anymore because I don't feel a part of it or I don't feel I don't feel it's it's my place to say but I don't mean that in a kind of as if it's anyone's place to say it's like going I don't know it's it's not something that it, it, it's resonating with me as much as it used to case magic and it feels it would be disingenuous for me to make a statement uh, about something that I don't, I was going to say care about, it's not that I don't care about, that I, my heart isn't in anymore, or at least not currently, or that it's an ethos that I don't follow, so who am I to say what, if people are missing the point or not, you know, it's like, you know, people do, do you do, everyone do you, and if you feel it's missing the point, then it is missing the point, and if you feel it isn't missing the point, then it isn't, I think the whole kind of, thing of the postmodernism idea around chaos magic, even though Phil Hine kind of dismisses that in a, in a sense. Um, I do think uh, it's chaos magic and it's nothing is true uh, has been tarnished very much by fake news and um, alternative truths. And it's kind of, as an interesting personal experience to look at the world and acting as if nothing is true or whatever when it becomes mainstream you can see the obvious problems with it and the obvious um, negativity for want of a better word that comes with that and the dangers around that whereas as a private personal couple of thousand people around the world ethos I think it's but then if it's the microcosm is a reflection of the macrocosm and what's right for the microcosm is right for the macrocosm. If it's not working, the ethos is not working on a macro macroscopic level, then it probably isn't working on a microscopic level. That's the best I can do for you today. Good people of the internet, um, watch out for part two where I'll be uh, answering Abrax's um, marks and, well, Max didn't ask a question, he, he kind of um, added to the, the, the discussion on it. And it's around awakening and HGAs and what it means and chasing it. Are you chasing it? Is it just another stumbling block? Uh, what's the point of it? What does it mean? <laughs> All of these things. I've a lot, lot I kind of want to say on that. Um, so watch out for that. Um, it'll be out next. That's the best I can say. So uh, yeah, come, come check out the Discord if you're not on the Discord. Uh, say hello in the comments below. Like, share, do that YouTube thing if you're on it, or if you're on SoundCloud, I think you can still like things as well. Um, check out adventuresinwoowoo.com. Loads of stuff there. Uh, buy the 40 servants, send me some money, buy me a book, all of those things. Uh, do none of it if you want, but have a great time and look after yourself. And um, may your best days be ahead. And may you be well. <laughs>